0: So that's probably why this guy, Mr. Shit, who I'm going to pronounce, pronounce it my way, Mr. Shit, doesn't want other people going in and finding anything else.
1: Right. That's an understandable thing. But then it goes on here and says, uh, for the past six months, I have remained anonymous. Not because I have anything to hide. Bullshit.
0: Sure you don't. <laughs> but
1: because Forrest... And his family endured stalkers, death threats, home invasions, frivolous lawsuits, and a potential kidnapping.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: All at the hands of people with delusions (laughs) related to his treasure. I don't want those things to happen to me and my family, S wrote. Understood. Now this is funny, that... There's a Twitter thing up here. Okay. From Jack S.
0: Jack Shit.
1: And this was December seventh, twenty twenty. And it goes replying to at STU found the Finn Treasure. Um, there's a little thing underneath the picture of an old guy and some yuts with some bad taste in a shirt (laughs) with a box. That looks like something from Egypt. Okay. And let's see, there's another one that says, Here's my statement. Yada, yada, yada. Finn died in September at the age of 90. His family confirmed on Monday that it was Mr. S who found Finn's treasure. Some treasure seekers had believed the finding was a hoax. We congratulate Jack on finding and retrieving the treasure chest, and we hope that this confirmation will help to dispel the conjur the conjectors or conjectors, whatever, yeah, conspirial nonsense and refusals to accept the truth. Wrote Finn's grandson, Shiloh Forrest Old. Okay, what a name! <laughs> grandson of Finn. Mm. Mr. S who Outside Magazine reports is a 32 year old medical student from Michigan says a lawsuit forced him to give up his anonymity. Uh-huh. A Chicago attorney named Barbara Anderson filed a lawsuit against Finn and the then unnamed founder in U.S. District Court in Santa Fe New Mexico (laughs) in June after the treasure was reported found she urges and she puts this in quotations that after she had spent several years painstakingly deciphering Mr. Finn's poem and scouting out the general location of the treasure someone hacked her cell phone and stole Priority information that led them to the trove, New, the New York Times reported. Huh. So, let's see. She files a lawsuit against this gentleman that found the treasure in Wyoming.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The lawsuit's been filed in Santa Fe, New Mexico, or Mexico. But yet, this bitch was doing the
0: same shit. I don't know. This Possible district... Rel- possible ancestor relatives to whoever.
1: No, but it's funny how she she's for several years painstakingly deciphering Mr. Finn's poem and scouting out the general location of the treasure.
0: She's probably, She was
1: doing the same goddamn thing as other fucking idiots were doing. What the fuck is wrong with this bitch?
0: She's probably trying to say she knew where it was the whole time and it's hers.
1: Yeah, but several years trying to decode and deciphering a fucking poem in a book and well, it was only found not that long ago
0: well there are people out there that uh will read like a uh like a transcript or even a poem and think okay there's a whatever it is that you read there is a hidden message in it that's yeah. probably what she saw in the poem
1: yeah but it doesn't take several years
0: if you don't know the fucking whereabouts of where the poem was
1: well let's see we had yellowstone national park yeah we had Wyoming and everything. Somebody found it. Yeah. In Wyoming. One person or a couple of people or God knows how many <laughs> vandalized Yellowstone Cemetery. Yeah. In a national park. People died. Yeah. People were arrested. People were being charged. But one guy found it in Wyoming. It didn't take him that long to decode the poem, cause the poem is actually the directions of where the fucking thing is. And then this bitch uh, takes several years to try to decipher the fucking poem. Uh, I don't
0: know. After 2010? Come on. Dumbass, stupid bitch. That's all I can say.
1: Mm. (coughs) It goes on Mr. S. says the case is meritless. The U.S. District Court of New Mexico, or Mexico, has ruled that Forrest's estate must provide some of my personal information to a woman. I do not know and with whom I have never communicated who has brought a meritless lawsuit against me and I just said she was a dumb she's a dumb bitch <laughs> and he just proved it this would make my name a matter of public record so I chose to come forward today he wrote on medium while mr. F's I, yeah identity is now known a few other mysterious remains, or mysteries remain, where in Wyoming the chest was found, and how exactly Mr. S solved the riddle. I didn't know that poems can be riddles at the same
0: time. There can be, if you're looking at, if you're reading it.
1: Yeah, if you're Jim Carrey playing the Riddler and doing it that way, I can understand. But a poem is not a riddle. It a poem could. is a poem, but it just. Certain people can do it certain ways, but they try to leave a riddle out because most riddles would have to acknowledge a certain word. Yeah. You know, like roses are red. Yeah. Flowers are red. Take a right at the red light. Yeah. Follow it down to the red stop sign. Take a right, follow it down to the red building.
0: Poem well some poems are actually
1: Beautiful Fields in the middle of it is a poem poem of a day for our um, for a dreamer to dream of the poem's locations. That's a poem.
0: Well, there are different poets out there, or really old poets, that um, had different ways of doing poetry.
1: Yeah, that's true, too, nowadays. Uh, goes on, Mr. S says, he poured over not only Finn's poem, but also interviews with him, teasing out clues... From his words to understand what kind of person he was and where he might be inclined to hide his riches. And the secret hiding spot. Yeah. Mr. S says he wants that to remain secret. Lest it become a site of pilgrimage. Yeah. And become overrun. Perhaps by people looking to see if maybe. An emerald was dropped along the way. True. If I were to reveal where the treasure was, the natural wonders of the place that Forrest held so dear will be destroyed by people seeking treasure. They hope I dropped on my way out or Forrest on his way in, Mr. S wrote. And it's funny how they got the word the with brackets. Oh, of course. Getting to the wilderness location where the chest was, was, is, not dangerous. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> in the conversational sense of the word. But it very quickly can be when people do not take basic precautions or go out in the wrong conditions. It is not an appropriate place to become a tourist attraction. The treasure is now in a secure location in New Mexico. Or in this case, Mexico. But Mr. Ez plans to sell it. He says he has medical school loans to pay off. Really, Dick Tracy, I think everybody has a lot of stuff to pay off. <laughs> so that's that one. Go figure.
0: G- give you a breather. People um, are
1: fucking stupid when they go treasure hunting. i rather go ghost hunting.
0: <laughs> that's well, my
1: fucking treasure right there. Go well, ghost hunting.
0: If you think about it, sometimes with treasure hunting, you deal do ghosts
1: <laughs> mm. Well, that's only if there, if there was like a, a town or a city that used to be there where this treasure was buried. I can understand, but there was nothing. Just open fucking field. <laughs> i rather go to a haunted building and hunt ghosts. That's my treasure right there. Done.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, on two credible images reveal, uh, revealing the mysteriously formed triple crater on Mars. Okay. In its 4.6 billion year long history, Mars has taken its fair share of punches from hurtling asteroids, asteroids, and currying ker- comets. Today. The surface of the Red Planet is covered in no less than 43,000 impact craters, larger than 5 kilometers. Some ancient regions have received more of a, be- of a beating than others. In the ancient... Oh, God. Really? In the ancient Mar- Martian highlands of Natchez Terra, a region heavily impacted roughly 4 billion years ago, astronomers have spotted a triple whammy crater made of three overlapping basins. This natural Venn diagram of depressions, which I'm looking at, which makes for great radio, is not as big as some other craters in Noches Terra, some of which can span nearly 140 kilometers, which is 87 miles, across. But the smallest crater of the lot is still an impressive 28 kilometers wide. Uh, That's just one of the ancient imprints. With a little overlap, the largest adds another 45 kilometers across. Which, uh, I'm looking at the thing and to me it doesn't look like it's all that big. That's what she said. Whether the triple impact crater is due to one collision or more is hard to tell. Researchers say the impactor may have broken into three pieces before hitting the ground in close formation. But other examples of this shatter approach do not show such clear ridge uh, definitions, nor are they so neatly overlapped. Double and triple impact craters are unusual to see, but they are not unheard of. We occasionally find them on Mars, and even on Earth, although not all of them are formed in the same way. No shit, how do you think they're gonna be formed? <coughs> in 2015, for instance, astronomers noticed a, tri- a similar triple crater, an LZM Planitia near the equator of Mars. At the time, the team surmised it could be due to an asteroid breaking up in the atmosphere, or it could be due to a smaller asteroid orbiting a larger binary p- pair. Somehow that don't make sense. In 2017, the Mars Recon- uh, reconsensus Orbiter noticed an elongated—that's what she said—depression from three merged impact craters which astronomers said probably came from three pieces flying in close formation. Some have also postulated that double craters are due to double asteroids. Asteroids! Composed of two or more rocky bodies in close contact or closely orbiting each other only about 2% of all asteroids are thought to form from two or more bodies like this. But that doesn't mean they can't sometimes collide with the planet and leave a scar. Another explanation can be coincidence. Reads a press release on the latest triple impact crater, this time from the European space space agency. At different points in time, three separate impactors could have hit Mars' surface in in the location of the photo I'm looking at, creating a neat superposition of craters completely by chance. Given how heavily bombarded this region of Mars once was, experts say that's the likelier possibility although it's hardly the more interesting one. If on the other hand this isn't due to three chance encounters and the impactor really did break apart before hitting Mars, that tells us something important about this planet. Four billion years ago The atmosphere of Mars was likely a lot tougher to penetrate. That's what she said. That's what he said. Then it is, then is it is now. And then implies warmth and wetness. That's
1: what they both said.
0: (laughs) Similar to other craters in the region, this triple impact crater... Shows again. I'm looking at the photo. Make uh, it does make great radio. Use your uh, visually use your minds. Flattened rims and shallow floors from the wear and tear of time. Some of its marks even suggest a glacier like flow, which may have helped soften the soil underneath. Gradually filling the indentation as the ice melted. Like scars often do, this one speaks volumes of the past. And that's it on the Mars story. Hopefully this one comes in. Okay. This story uh, from Inverse.com Unusual teeth reveal a new species and a twist on evolution. Four billion year... uh, I'm looking at photos of four billion year year ago seal skulls reveal a new species. Now, so often when we think of our animal friends, we take it for granted that their species is a fixed, unchanging thing. Your beloved pet dog is canis uh, uh, familiaris. But sometimes new species do come to light right under scientists' noses. The tiger you thought was like all the other tigers is actually not. For example, there's other different tigers. And things can get particularly complicated when all you have to do uh, all you have to go on are ancient traces of a creature as in the case for dinosaurs or the megafauna that once roamed the earth millions of years ago sometimes it's worth taking another look at the fossil record in a pair of studies published on Wednesday researchers describe how they did just that and made a discovery that puts a serious twist on the evolution of one of of the ocean's most beloved creatures. A new species. In the first study, published in the journal Royal Society Open Science, researchers focused on a set of four-million-year-old skull fossils previously identified under the taxon Calopica Obscura. I know I butchered the first one part of that soup. What do you expect? Some words are hard. An extinct, earless seal thought to have once lived in the waters of America and Europe but previous studies have questioned this classification as inaccurate. Turns out these suspicions were right. The skulls actually belong to a Pleistocene era seal species that is entirely new to science. In the past, fossil species inclu- including the set of Foca are often described from fragmentary and isolated bones. Today, we benefit from more complete fossil material thanks to generations of fossil collecting. James Paul Rule, lead author on the study and a postgraduate, oh, don't he sound intelligent? No, he's fairly intelligent. Ah! He's full of shit! Student at Monash University in, Austra- in Australia tells Inverse. By analyzing skull specimens, Rule and his colleagues realized they had a new species. An extinct monochain seal from the Plioc- Pliocene era once uh take a drink of stubble while occurred between 5.3 and 2.6 million years ago they named their new species sarco magnus often these new fossils are simply ascribed to be incomplete fossil species when in reality they are different enough to represent a new species, Rule says. This is what uh seeing the photos, you can kind of picture it. This is what we found with psychodectus as when we compared it to other seals. Its morph- morphology is quite unique. Dynamis is our other cat baddie who decided to put his two cents in it. Evolution Overload uh, Sarcodectus Magnus was no ordinary seal. Residing in the western North Atlantic, Sarcodectus possessed a fairly big body, nearly three meters long, Its sharp teeth perfect for snatching their next meal. We learned that uh, Sarcodectus had teeth that were very sharp in addition to large jaw muscles, which we theorized were by helping it bite and chew large prey, Rule says. Furthermore, while Sarcodectus may have been a big fella in ancient times. It's not super impressive compared with modern-day monochene seals, especially the alpha seal, also known as the largest seal on planet Earth. Sarcodectus is a large seal when compared to other extinct fossil monochines but it is not large when compared to today's living monochines, just as the five-meter-long elephant elephant seal rule says. For reference, modern-day monochines are earless seals that swim with their back feet that mostly live in the Southern Hemisphere, Rule says. They include Antarctic seals, elephant seals, and monk seals. By comparing circodectus to modern-day monochin seals, the researchers gleaned some surprising information about the evolution of, li- of living monochin seals. However, circodectus was not as big as today's living, one, living seals especially the ones living around Antarctica. Our analysts unveiled that monochene seals did not get large until late in their evolution, Rules says. But there's more. In the second study, published Wednesday in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B, the same team of researchers also announced another groundbreaking discovery. In that study, Rule and his colleagues reveal they have s- discovered another extinct monk seal species, Emomonotus Delegardinius. And even more excitingly, this is the first such discovery south of the equator. Prior to the study, paleobiologists thought that only two monochene species, elephant seals and dontins, uh, have crossed into the southern hemisphere from the North Atlantic. The idea was that these seals must have evolved from a common monochene seal ancestor in the North and then crossed the equator. But the researchers find that the newly discovered monk Species also lived in the Southern Hemisphere, adding a third monochene species to the mix and charting a change in seal evolution. Instead of evolving in in the North Atlantic, as previously thought, these true seals, Phocids, may actually have originated in the Southern Hemisphere and then headed north. Traversing the equator triple t- multiple times throughout history. These two discoveries reshape our understanding of SEAL's lineage. They also show that while fossils may be set in stone, our understanding of ancient species, evolution is ever-changing. Now, about to read you like the abstract... The abstract: Today, monochene seals display the largest body size of pinnipeds. However, the evolution of larger body sizes has been difficult to assess due to the murky taxonomic s- status of fo- fossil seals, including fossils refer to the Callifoca obscura. A species that a species thought take a drink or stubble, to be present on both sides of the North Atlantic during the Neogene. Several studies have recently called into question the taxonomic vitality, validity, validity take a drink a stubble of these fossils, especially those from USA. As a fragmentary uh, lactotype specimen from Belgium is of dubious diagnostic value, we find that the lac- uh, lactotype isolated humerus, humerus of C. obscura is too uninformative, though we designate C. obscura as a nomen d- uh, dubium. More complete cranial and postcranial specimens from the uh, Pliocene-Yorktown formation are described as a new taxon. Zircodactus magnus. The cranial specimens display adaptations towards an enhanced ability to cut or chew prey that are unique within Fiosati. And estimates, estimates indicate S-Magnus to be around 2.83 uh, millimeters in length, I believe. A parasomy phy- phylogenetic analyst found S-Magnus is a crown monochene. And... Uh, Ancestral... Ancestral... Oh, pardon me. Take a drink and stumbled three times. That's four shots. Ancestral state estimation. A body length indicates that monochines did not have a remarkable size increase until the evolution of lobodontins. And my... Myrongians. Another extract. Living true seals, Phocids, are the most widely dispersed semi aquatic marine mammals and comprise geographically separate northern Phocine and southern monochain groups. Both are thought to have evolved in the North Atlantic with only two monochene lineages, elephant seals and lobodontans. Subsequently crossing the equator, the third and most basal monochin tribe, the monk seals, have hitherto been inter- interpreted as exclusively northern and subtropical throughout their entire history. Here we describe a new species of extinct monk seal from the Fliocene of New Zealand, the first of its kind from the Southern Hemisphere, based on one of the best preserved and richest samples of seal fossils worldwide. This unanticipated discovery reveals that all three monochene tribes once coexisted south of the equator. And forces a profound revision of their evolutionary history. Rather than primarily diver, uh, diverse, saying, in the North Atlantic, monochines largely evolved in the Southern Hemisphere, and from this Southern cradle, later reinvaded the, the North. Our research suggests that true seals crossed the equator over eight times in their history. Overall, they are then double the age of the North-South Daktotami, characterizing living true seals and forms a surprisingly recent major change in Southern Focet diversity. And that's it for Inverse.com. If you want to look at the uh, fossil photos, you can go to Inverse.com slash science slash unusual teeth reveal species. Okay. Once Paramike uh, gets back into his part, uh, his uh, computer, he's gonna do his other s- other story. Then I'm gonna do th- some uh, another story, which I have to double check here. Okay, I had to make sure I didn't, I haven't already read it. But the next story coming up after Paramike does his, does his own next story. We're going to be learning about the world's most eerie abandoned towns and cities. Uh, Let's see, hopefully Paramike uh, gets back here quickly. Uh. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, take a drink for myself, cause my throat's a little parched. Uh. The next story, not mine, but Paramic's story. He hasn't mentioned to to. Uh, he hasn't really mentioned much to me on it, but he did say it was disturbing. Uh <sighs> But as for My story, my news stories, we're slowly getting up to the recent ones that I uh, sent to my email the other day and a couple today, but trust me, I got a uh, major shitload. major shitload of them. And as Paramike mentioned in in our past, uh, previous episode, I am getting some uh, extensive dental surgery done on the fifth, this week. On the 15th, so I might be out of the loop for a, um, for a couple of, uh, for a couple of weeks to possibly a month or two, but after uh, the healing's done, after I heal, I'm gonna do my best to try to introvert more of my stories. Or a new story, sorry. Not, um, yeah, I know. Me reading my uh, previous stories, I know I sounded strange, sounded a little funny. But it I do have allergies, so allergies uh, today are a little, are acting up a little bit. I know some are probably thinking, well she don't sound right. Trust me, bipolar depression is not something to fuck with. Especially with someone who has it in a, in a severe sense. Yes, I do see a therapist and I do take meds for it, but that can only do so much. Okay, here's Paramike with his next story. Uh,
1: Sorry about that, folks. My uh, stomach is kind of falling out. Don't know why, though, but... Sorry! Okay. Uh, Well, you got your choice. Huh? I said you have a choice here. Okay. State Trooper recalls Christmas Eve. UFO report. Or do you believe in ghosts?
0: Hang on. Oh, you do in Urban Legends.
1: Well, I have one right now from Urban Legends. And I have two other ones. That's why I said you got a cho- you have a choice here. Okay. State Trooper recalls Christmas Eve, UFO report, or do you believe in ghosts?
0: Uh, about UFO?
1: UFOs? Okie dokie. Just
0: to laugh. All right.
1: This comes an hour ago. Um, it says UFO report. An unclassified report on UFOs must be released in 180 days, thanks to the COVID 19 relief and spending bill. <laughs> right. Let's see. Uh, there was a $2.3 trillion COVID. Relief and government funding bill into law in December. So began the 180 day countdown to U.S. intelligence agencies to tell Congress what they know about UFOs. Hmm. I wonder about intelligence that.
0: Intelligence committees aren't really that intelligent. <laughs> oh, no, really? I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs>
1: The Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense have a little less than six months now to provide the Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Services Committees with an unclassified report about unidentified aerial phenomena, or in short terms, UAP. And I really don't know how half of this has to deal with UFOs. UFOs reports.
0: Well, intelligent committees, supposedly, they deal with UFO material.
1: Well, I know that. But it just seems kind of strange and how they're doing this for this pandemic, which is.
0: Well, once you read that, I got ridiculous. A George Carlin Tippett in my head. Uh,
1: it's a stipulation that was tucked into the committee comment section of the Intelligent Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021. Oh, this year. Holy shit. The IAA. Hmm. Sounds like a bad uh, flight crew or a (laughs) bad disease, one of the two. Which was contained in the massive spending bill. That report must contain detailed analysis of UFO or UFO. Data and intelligence collected by the Office of Naval Intelligence, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, or in this case, UAPTF, and the FBI, according to the Senate Intelligence Committee's directive. Uh, Unfortunately, I like the, uh, the other version of FBI, female body inspector. I like the other version of of, of FBI. Female body inspector. (laughs) Granted, we all know FBI is Federal Bureau of Investigations. Of course, I call them fools, brainless idiots. (sighs) It should also describe in detail an integrity process for ensuring timely data collection and centralized analysis of all unidentified aerial phenomena reporting to the federal government and des- and designated an official representative or responsibly for that process never going to happen nope finally the report should identify any potential national security threats Posed by UFOs or Ufos, an asset or asses. A s s e s s. Whether any of the nation's advisories could be behind such activity, the committee said. The uh, submitted report should be unclassified, the committee said. Though it can contain a classified annex. A spokesperson for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence confirmed that news to the
0: fact checking website snoops. <laughs> Careful with that one. They've not really that liable.
1: Congress has long been interested in UFOs or UFOs. The Pentagon released three short videos in April of last year showing unidentified aerial phenomena UAP clips that the US Navy had previously confirmed were real. <coughs> Holy ballbusters! <laughs> the videos, one from 2004, and the other two from 2015, showed what appeared to be unidentified flying objects rapidly moving, while recorded by infrared cameras. Two of the videos contained service members reacting in, <gasps> oh. At how quickly the objects are moving. Holy shit, they're moving quick. I can't keep my eyes on it, but I'm getting a boner. In the cockpit.
0: <laughs>
1: One voice speculates that it could be a drone. I don't think drones can go that high.
0: Oh, well, there are some, uh, there are some, uh, drones that people actually buy that can't go that high.
1: Yeah, but they also have to go by the uh, FFA uh, zoning guide of how high they can
0: fly. Not the ones in fucking Walmart that we've seen. (laughs) True.
1: It's still unclear what the objects are, and there's no consensus on their origin. Some believe they may be drones, potentially operated by earthly adversaries seeking... To gather intelligence. Rather than the extraterrestrials we normally equate with UFOs. Hmm. I had something for a second, then I lost it. But that's okay. In August, the Pentagon announced that it was forming a task force to investigate. Members of Congress and Pentagon officials have long been concerned about the appearance of the unidentified aircraft that have flown over U.S. military bases. The Senate Intelligent Committee, SIC for short, voted last June to have the Pentagon and intelligent community provide a public analysis of the encounters but it's not the first time the Pentagon has looked into aerial encounters with unknown objects I want to say maybe 60% they have dismissed everything true yeah outside of the 20% or maybe more. Maybe. My, my math is not good, people, so bear with me. I'm trying to do on a 100% scale here. <laughs> that some have leaked certain information, but also has been uh, pulled up the ass for it. <laughs> so,
0: is yeah. Where the polls rusty and... Doing Congress. Where the polls... Uh... Shiny and slick or rusty?
1: <laughs> That's a good question, but this is a two diff- two-sided two story here. To the fact that we got Congress, which are a bunch of fucking idiots that don't know what the fuck to do anymore. And you got Pentagon that... We don't know shit about UFOs. There's no stories. Everybody's just over-jet-lagged from flying planes. <laughs> Bullshit, Pentagon. <laughs> But it is not the first time the Pentagon has looked into aerial encounters with unknown objects. The Pentagon previously studied recordings of such incidents as part of a sense shuttered classified program launched at the behest of former Senator Harry Reid. The program that was launched in 2007 and ended in 2012, according to the Pentagon, because they assessed that there were higher priorities that needed funding. Right. (laughs) What can be more higher priorities that needs funding? than your own fucking people telling you, uh, we just saw a UFO. There's something <laughs> flying around here and it's not a fucking drone, asshole. Ding, 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 ding. The former head of the program, Lewis E., told CNN in 2017 that he personally believes, and this is his quotations,
0: uh-huh.
1: there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And that's it for that story. Well, here's a little uh, tidbit from the late George Carlin. He mentioned one person, I'm just going to put my own fucking spin on it. If you listen to someone talk, and they're in front of you, or you hear of it, you think to yourself, "This guy's fucking stupid." Then you hear got hear someone talking or saying that they're r- real intelligent. He's full of shit. Then you hear a per hear a guy or person talking or doing something or just blatantly doing whatever. You think to yourself, this guy's fucking nuts. Help me with this one because we usually get it on. Uh, right on cue (laughs) in other words George Carlin mentioned a different person we're gonna put in our uh, our little spin on it of today's version of someone about to get booted (laughs) in other words Donald Trump is all fucking three. Stupid, Stupid. full Bullshit. of shit, and fucking nuts! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, my, uh, this next story. Oh, okay. We already did uh, p- Abandoned Places, Frozen in Time. This one is quite interesting. The World's Most Eerie. Abandoned towns and cities. Lost towns a lot around the globe. From gold rush era mining towns cast out in the desert to ancient cities ravaged by time. The world is filled with abandoned set- settlements that act as a window into the past. This is actually going to lead to your Do You Believe in Ghost story. Here, we take a virtual tour of the dusty streets and creaking buildings of the planet's eeriest deserted towns. So, if you're planning to visit any in any in real life when things actually get back to fucking normal or abnormal, in my mind in my end,
1: is that even possible right now?
0: I don't know. Be sure to check relevant travel restrictions before you go anywhere. (sighs) Body, California, US. There's a reason this is the USA's most famous ghost town. It's as if time simply stopped in its tracks in body. It's actually spelled B-O-D-I-E. A deserted settlement in the S- uh, Sierra Nevada with its rusted out cars and rickety looking houses acting as echoes of centuries past. Prospectors struck gold in the mid 19- in the mid-1800s. And body soon be, soon blossomed into a mining town, with saloons, homes, and some ten thousand residents. Its heyday, of course, was was short-lived, though. And looking at the picture, look like looks like something um. Zack and the Ghost Adventures went to, cause I know they went to several. Of, several places that look like this.
1: Yeah, there was uh, Vulture Mine was one of them. Yeah. There was I think four or five others, I'm not sure.
0: Well, they did do a couple of ghost towns too. A lot of them in like the west type of style. Yeah, I know. The downtown uh, the downturn began at the end of the 1800s when a fire ravaged parts of the town, but body was built back up and wouldn't be woolly abandoned until the 20th century. By the 1960s, it was declared a state historic park and it's been protected in a state of arrested decay ever since. Inside the sun-baked homes, peeling wallpaper, creaking furniture, and personal relics offer a glimpse into the lives of bodies former residents. That shit would give you chills. <laughs> if you're like me, yeah, you would feel that energy. Okay. Over to cross the pond and the ocean. to you go to Hu, Hutuwan, China. And I know I might have just... I might have just butchered that. There's something humbling about the way Mother Nature has claimed this fishing village for her own. The deserted homes in Hu, Hu Toan of China's Xingshan uh, Island are choked by vines which climb up the brick walls blanket the roofs and creep through the glassless windows. (coughs) (coughs) Some 2,000 people once lived there. But today the village is almost entirely abandoned. Wait, almost? Let's see. Hutawan's fishing industry once thrived, but the island's remote location Coupled with competition from other larger settlements, sent business into a downward, spot, downward, downward spiral. Take a drink, a stubble, there's four shots. Conditions were tough, and by the 1990s, there was almost no one left. Today, wild greenery and decades uh, deserted houses are the island's main residence. Let's see. Uh, okay. Tyneham Dorset, England, in the UK. From a distance, not the fucking song from the distance. This may look like any typical West Country village, with its limestone church, its pitched roof f- buildings, and its old school f- uh, phone box folded into rolling co- countryside. But Tyneham w- has a rather sad story to tell. This is Dorset's Lost Village, a long abandoned pre war hamlet that was claimed that oh, I think we just read that one. Hang on. Uh, yep. I already did that one. Okay. Sorry. Next. Bankhead, Alberta, Canada. Not really a place I would, uh, you want to call, uh, a town or anything. The remains of Bankhead a former coal mining settlement in, uh, in southern Alberta are swallowed by Banff 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 Baniff, National Park and the wild leafy surrounds make the, r- the ruins all the more eerie. Bankhead was first established in the 1900s when a mining operation began in this coal-rich site. However, the fossil fuel they discovered, intended to power steam trains on a railroad, wasn't up to the job. The coal here was brittle and hard to mine, and workers' industrial strikes left an already declining operation even further in the dust. The mine closed in the 1920s, and is now protected as part of Canada's national park museum sy- park system. Remnants scattered in in the Alberta wilderness include a hulking mine train, a carpentry, carpentry shop and a melting house. Ah. Now, it's Petra Jordan, which I believe is in Egypt. This ancient city hewn from sandstone is deservedly one of the new Seven Wonders of the World. And, it's sunset-colored buildings have many a tale to tell. Petra was inhabited by the oh god, I know I'm gonna butcher this one, Nabateans. As early as 300, uh, three, 312 BC, operating as an important trading post for several for several centuries. When the settlement was swallowed by the Roman Empire, its importance began to dwindle. And a series of earthquakes sealed it, its ultimate fate. Paramite, come here. I'm gonna show you this photo. Doesn't that look like it's something from the Scorpion King?
1: Sure does, and also looks like something from the
0: Power Rangers movie.
1: <laughs> Good god.
0: It's thought that the city of Petra was mostly abandoned by the 8th century and today. Its remnants have a haunting quality about them. The most famous of the ancient ancient structures is al-Qazna, uh, or the treasury, a jaw-dropping building with columns and plinths, which was probably once a temple, other uh, ev- evocative e- ruins include Dare the Monastery. St. Elmo, Colorado. Back in the U.S. Especially after Nightfall, St. Elmo's string of wood-clad buildings wouldn't look out, look out of place in a horror film. And that's actually right. The, ty- the mining town sprang up in the 1880s, with nearly 2,000 residents living off the bounty, the bounty of gold and silver in the region. However, in the 1920s, the halting of a key railroad service meant that St. Elmo's inhabitants up and left riding the last train out of town and never looking back. What's here today is actually a recreation of the original town whose structures were mostly destroyed by a fire in the early 2000s. However, the huddle of ramshackle wood-framed buildings which include the town hall and a general store Look every inch, the gold rush era, bolt hole, and are just as eerie as if they'd stood here for centuries. If you want to know more, discover more of America's eerie gold rush towns, gold rush towns, which I have yet to come across of. Okay, (coughs) back over the pond in the ocean. I know I'm gonna butcher this Belchite Belchite Zorogoza, Zerog- Spain Belchites I'm gonna just say it my way Belchites Bullet ravaged ruins are an enduring reminder of the horrors of war. The town was all but destroyed in 1937 in a deadly battle during the Spanish Civil War, which also claimed some 3,000 lives. Belchite stood devastated and, over the years, Mother Nature has finished the job. Further eroding crumpling buildings and forcing greenery into the cracks uh, It was decided that that Belshiti Belshiti would not be raised to the ground. Instead, The ruins of the old town would be left to molder and remind remind prosperity of the brutal conflict. Therefore, little has changed since the 1930s. Rumble still litters the streets, bullet-ridden buildings still stand, and the haunting site has also been used as a location for several movies. Uh, we're still over the pond and around the ocean. Farina, South Australia in Australia. This outback ghost town had its heyday in the late 19th century when it was settled by wheat farmers and was a stop along the iconic uh, Ghan Railway. As its peak at its peak It had butcher shops, blacksmiths, churches, and hotels. And the farmers benefited from unusually wet conditions. That's what he said, that's what she said. But Farina's luck soon changed. The region's typically parched conditions took hold once more and the railroad was rerouted, leaving uh, Farina. In the desert dust. By the mid 20th century, Farina's p- population was in rapid decline and its buildings closed one by one. The town was eventually deserted entirely and its structures were left to crumble away. Ruins of the Transcontinental uh, trans con- uh, Hotel, the bakery, and other businesses remain a window into a bygone era. And efforts have been made to preserve them over the years. Oh boy, I'm really going to end up butchering this one. Voy, voy J and a Gr- Gar, parentheses, hampy. I'm dead serious, that's what I'm looking at. Harnataka, India Even in its ruined state the medieval c- city of Vijay Anagar, protected by UNESCO as the group of monuments at Hampi is a head turner. This abandoned settlement was once the capital of the Vijayanagar Empire, whose which the name means City of Victory, and was first established in the 14th century. But the empire fell in the 16th century, and its namesake city was destroyed and abandoned. The, the city's centuries-old ruins remain impressively Intact today, a haunting reminder of a suddenly lost empire. Its ornamental t- uh, temple comple- complexes feature pillared halls, bold decorative archways, friezes, uh, friezes, friezes, and soaring stepped towers. And the most striking among them is. Krishna, Krishna, and Vitala. Again, I'm going to butcher this one. Uh, Wolsefen, North Rhine, Westphalia, Phil- Germany. This desolate village is located in Germany's Eiffel National Park after the second world war the hamlet was swallowed by the nato vogelsang military training area which is run by britain and belgium respectively which also commandeered the site of a former nazi training center bet you nobody learned that in history the inhabitants of the humble village high on the Dreiborn uh, plateau were evacuated never to return. The training ground was operated by the Belgian mil- military right up until the early 21st century when it was fully va- vacated and folded into Eiffel National Park. Now, it's decrepit buildings, including a creepy abandoned church, sit along the trail that, route, that routes through the wilderness. Uh, we're going to France. Orador, Sir Gl- uh, Glane, France, France, I know it, but your dad part, sorry. This ghost town is central western France or in central western France, take a drink and stumble. Has a somber tale to tell. In nineteen forty four, Nazi troops stormed Orador Sir Glane, brutally murdering six hundred forty two people and all but raising the settlement to the ground the village is still much as it was after the massacre, serving as a tribute to those who lost their lives and a reminder of the horrors of the Second Second World War. The village appears almost trapped in time, with gutted buildings, burnt-out cars, and everyday relics like sewing machines and kitchen utensils Building a picture of that deadly day, there's a striking memorial and a museum, too. Wonder if that place is, uh, wonder if it's haunted due to fact people were killed there. Interesting. Okay, we're going back to the U.S. And I know I'm going to probably butcher this part here. Old Chawaba, Alabama. It's hard to believe that this humble... uh, This huddle of buildings, with their cloak of Spanish moss and their moldering facades, what's made up Alabama's state capital? Chawaba was... was state capital in the 1820s and was dotted with elegant mansions, churches, and, of course, a grand capital building. But the city's position between two rivers, the uh, Chawabah and the Alabama, meant it was prone to flooding and the decision was made to whisk the capital elsewhere. Ugh, I'm butchering this one. Tuscalosa be- became Alabama's new capital, and Chah- Chahabar's population took a nosedive. Homes were abandoned, and the town's status was left in tatters alongside its buildings. Against the odds, though, Chahaba was built up once more in the decades later, but it had its fate sealed again during the Civil War, when Confederate soldiers ripped up parts of the railroad here or there. Once more, Chahaba, Chahaba, was left desolate and decayed the the old Cha... ka cut take a drink of stubble twice that's four shots and two beers or two whatever you drink the old Chahapa ark uh ark arch, archaeological park protects the site today ah. never going to scotland Herta St. Uh, Kilda Northwest of the Scottish mainland the St. Kilda uh, Archipelago is scattered in the North Atlantic and its largest island Hirta was once home to a hardy population Bronze Age era relics have been discovered over the decades. So it's thought that humans could have been on this island as far back as 5,000 years ago. But the last of them left in the 1930s. Life on remote Herta was hard. Winters were severe and residents survived by only hunting seabirds. Would that be seagulls? tourism eventually increased too, leading to vain attempts to modernize the traditional island. Frail contemporary homes, much flimsier than the locals' hardy stone huts, were built here in the name of progress. But they ultimately couldn't withstand Herda's ferocious weather by the 1930s, the last of Herda's residents vacated the island, leaving behind their wind-beaten hamlet. Today, suede sheep roam between the remnants of the islanders' stone hu- houses as seabirds circle overhead. Okay, I already did the Ukraine. Okay. Silver City, Yukon, Canada. A typical gold town turned ghost town, Silver City, in the southwestern regions of the Yukon, was built up in the early 20th century. There was a roadhouse, police barracks, and cabins here in the 1900s, and their remnants are still collected on the banks of Lake Kluane today. The prospectors, however, are long gone. And no shit, Doc. Obvious. Instead, Mother Nature has been making serious grounds in this ghost town. Rabbits and squirrels skip between the abandoned trucks and decrepit homesteads, and Yukon fireweed. The fuck's fireweed? Anyone who knows what fireweed is, let let us know. And Yukon fireweed really sounds like a really bad batch for weed, grows up in mid-July through to September. In winter, the century plus old cabin sigh under the weight of thick snow. Uh, Let's see. Now we're going to Chile. Humberstone and Santa Laura. Chile's Atacama Desert desert is one of the most otherworldly places on the planet. So stark and dry and desolate that it's used by NASA scientists as a stand-in for Mars. Nettleworths for their stupid rovers. Still, that hasn't stopped humans from making their home here over the centuries. In the midst of the desert are the ghost towns of Humberstone and Santa Laura, former saltpeter, which means white gold, mining settlements that are built up in the 19th century. There were some 200 saltpeter works here in the region's 19th century heyday, and a community with a rich culture called the area home. But the industry began to fold during World War I, and the mines closed for good in the 1960s. The people dispersed, and today, the desert ghost towns are strewn with reminders of both a thriving industry... And a tight knit community. Still, here are the remnants of a railroad, industrial buildings and machinery, and a town square lined with former businesses. Already did it, Creole. Okay, back to Australia now. Gwalia That's how I'm reading it. Western Australia in Australia. At its peak in the late 19th century, around 1,200 people lived in this town, which was centered around one of the largest gold mines down under, the Sons of Gualia Mine. But when the mine packed up in 1963, so did the residents, and in a flash, the thriving town was home to just 40 people. How is having 40 people in a town fucking thriving? Rustic cars and deserted miners' cottages dot the desert floor or more like dot the desert ground along with the mine manager's house, a hotel and a series of industrial mining businesses. There's also a bed and breakfast and a museum housing relics left behind in the one time boom town from kitchenware to mining tools No did that one Okay Here's another one I'm gonna butcher Coleman scope Namit Ne- Take a drink of stubble four times. Namibia, Namibia rusted bath uh, bathtubs and homes filled to the rafters with sand. And, th- and this is the the modern picture, and the picture I'm looking at, great radio, of Coleman Scalp uh, a one-time diamond, diamond mining town in the midst of the Namib, Namib desert. The precious jewels were discovered at the beginning of the 20th century and by 1912, a mining town had mushroomed. How about mining town uh, was built up, not mushroomed? Because it ain't a shroom. At its pinnacle Coleman's comprised a a hospital food stores bars and even a concert hall but this diamond encrusted town soon lost its sparkle bad pun the land was aggressively mined and its treasures soon depleted basically because everybody was taking all the fucking diamonds out of it by the 1930s, Coleman jewels were gone, and its residents got word that richly stocked diamond fields had been discovered to the south. They wasted little time abandoning, abandoning the, the desert town, and by the 1950s, it was deserted. Today, a huddle of sand pillaged buildings is all that remains. That's the last of that story. Okay. What's your Do You Believe in Ghost story, dear?
1: Alright. This one is Do You Believe in Ghost? is the question. Uh, Ever since this pandemic has started and still continuing, this story is kind of weird. Reports of paranormal activity has increased during the coronavirus pandemic or in this case, COVID 19 or CV 19, either way you want to put it. I call it the BS 19. <laughs> have you ever experienced strange, unexplained sights or sounds? Do you have a personal ghost story? Too many questions in one thing.
0: I got fucking plenty. <laughs> I got less
1: count. Um. It goes like this. Have you ever heard strange noises in the middle of the night? Question.
0: That would be my brother, Alex.
1: Have you seen household objects mysteriously move or be suddenly gone?
0: Well, uh, an old uh, wine glass... That I had just uh, broke out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I know. It, it <laughs> flew right off the freaking counter. I was like, "Oh, shit! come to find out," and I fo- caught that with my own eyes.
0: And come to find out, if, uh, you found out that Richie was pissed and yeah, sent his fucking energy down here. Yeah, keep it up there, bro, <laughs> Mister. I don't know how to freaking uh, email or freaking uh, message anybody.
1: Next one is how about free floating? full torso vaporations. yeah apparitions Yep. in the famous words of Ghostbusters Pff.
0: Ghostbusters is a fictional movie believing in ghosts and actual ghosts not fucking Hollywoodized ones <laughs> is the real question
1: right another question Have you experienced more strange, perhaps paranormal, phenomena during the pandemic?
0: Yeah, I have. I've been getting hit with so much fucking energy from living people being so pissed off (laughs) to the dead fucking screaming. Yeah. It'll knock your freaking equilibrium off.
1: Yeah. If yes, you're not alone. In quarantine with a ghost, is scary. Molly Fitzpatrick writes, it started with the front door. Adrian Gomez lives with his partners in Los Angeles where their first few days of sheltering in place for the COVID pandemic provided unadventful they worked remotely, baked, took a two mile walk each morning, and refinished their proclaim? I can't say this word. P O R C E L A N. Or I N. Sorry. Yeah. Kitchen sink. But then, one night, the doorknob began to rattle vigorously should be violently so loud he could hear it from across the apartment yet no one was there in mid-April Mr. Gomez was in bed when a nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely (laughs) <laughs> Despite the fact that the window was closed,
0: could be vibrations from passing cars mm. or build- buildings settling.
1: Yeah. In a junction, window shade remaining perfectly still. The cats were all accounted for, and no bug, nor bird, nor any other small creature had gotten stuck there. That Mr. Gomez thought it was an earthquake. Well, hell, you're in California. Of course you're going to feel an earthquake, fat hole. Yeah. You fucking moron. I very, I very seriously hid myself under the comforter like you see in horror movies. What
0: the f- Okay. I hear- da- We hear Dave Schrader- Ah, uh, from Doctors Radio, and on the Holzer Files, asked this question more than once. What the fuck is going on? That the cover supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> is it supposed to fucking help you or something?
1: <laughs> because it really did freak me out, he said. Now, though, neither he nor his partner noticed anything any unexplained activity at home before this. The couple can distinctly, that's in quotation, make out footsteps above their heads. No one lives above them. I'm a fairly rational person, said Mr. Gomez, who is 26 years old and works in IT support. And if you people don't know what IT is, is information technology or an information technician. Yeah. I try to think, what are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this? But when I don't have those answers, I start to think, maybe something else is going on they're not alone or in this case they're not alone <laughs> possibly in more ways than one okay for those who experience of self isolation involves what they believe to be a ghost hmm, could it be Casper their days are punctuated not just by Zoom meetings or homeschooling, but by disembodied voices, shadowy figures, misbehaving electronics, (laughs) invisible cats cozying up on couches, caresses from hands, that are there. And even, in some cases, to borrow the technician's parlance of Ghostbusters, in quotation, free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparition. I don't ever remember the three guys ever saying the word vaporous in the movie? Uh, I've heard of free-folding full-torso yeah. apparitions.
0: Yeah, that was in the first one.
1: I never heard the saying of free-folding full-torso vaporous apparitions. I don't remember that at all. Some of these people's People are frightened, of course. Others say they just appreciate the company. Yeah. Uh, Students, read the entire article, then tell us. Is the next part. Do you believe in ghosts? Why or why not? And that's a double question for one asking. Okay. Does the article change your views on this extensive of ghosts? Hmm. That doesn't make sense. Nope. It should be, does the article change your views on the experience of ghosts? That would make more sense for a question. What do you think best explains... The strange phenomena experienced by Mr. Gomez, Miss Hill, and the others described in the article. Uh Uh-huh. Hold it! (laughs) It only said in the article, Mr. Gomez. It didn't say anything about Miss Hill (laughs) and the others described in the article. How the hell did they fuck that one up? I don't know. Then it goes on to say, do you or does someone you know have a paranormal ghost story? Did it involve disembodied voices, shadowy figures, misbehaving electronics, or an invisible cat cozying up on couches? Tell tell us about it.
0: Well, there are... uh stories and stuff out there about uh, spirit animals.
1: Yes, I know. Trust me, I know. uh,
0: Ghost cats, that's not really out of the norm.
1: No. Neither is ghost dogs. That too. But I wonder though, if there are invisible ghost cats or any type of invisible animals that you cannot see cozying up on couches... Do you have, maybe, an allergic reaction if there's animals in a place that's not there?
0: Well, first, um... Hi, Giz.
1: I mean, that's what I want to know.
0: Okay, first, if anyone is seeing any of this stuff that Parent Mike is reading, logically, you want to get yourself mentally checked, just to make sure it's nothing, uh... Uh, not a not a mental condition. If that comes up negative, and you actually see uh, a spirit animal or apparition, stuff like that, research the house where you live. Or well, the apartment complex. And see if anybody died there or...
1: If animals passed away there...
0: Or, for example, the apartment building that we, me and Paramike live in... The landlord only knows it was moved from a different location. Mm-hmm. And it was a doctor's office for some amount of years. Yep. Then he bought the building. And the property. And the property and made it into apartments. Yeah. In fact, he has other apartment buildings that he owns.
1: Yeah, but he does. He doesn't know the real history of this place.
0: There's one. He
1: Wish. only he only he only knows the history of that this building was here. Yeah. On the property on the land, and it was only an X-ray f- mobile physician building and everything, and, and a that's couple about of other it.
0: Doctor offices too. Yeah. But. There is, uh, the first maintenance guy that, um, that worked for, uh, that worked for our landlord. Right. We asked him on the history because of the fucking oil shit appearing on my fucking walls.
1: Yeah, everywhere.
0: And come to find out, he goes, oh, that's quite easy. It's a, it was a small building that was owned and a part of Hillview Manor. Yep. And it, it got moved over here, where we're living in.
1: Yep. The only problem is, is I try to look for more information on the building we live in, and there's not a whole lot of information about it. It doesn't say if this building was part of Hillview Manor. I know. It doesn't say if this building was something different. I've talked to other people before about this building and they said oh yeah it was an x-ray physician mobile lab at first which you could f- which I found online yeah. of this place then they said it was a morgue
0: yeah that I can te- I can sense a morgue <laughs> and then, I know it's a part- the basement's part of a morgue
1: and then it said that uh, somebody else said that It was a mortician's house. Yeah. Then somebody else said it was something else, and I can't remember off the top (laughs) of my head anymore that this is when I had the tumor in 2016. Said it was something else, and then our property manager and our property owner purchased the land and the building and turned it into apartments and the rental office until they decided to move up further so I stopped looking because I got tired of (laughs) putting in certain words certain keywords into the search engine and all I get is something stupid yeah so I was like okay I'm gonna forget it but yeah I cleaned up this entire apartment and everything and redesigned certain things I did Uh, I do too and I'll wash the walls like crazy of course most of our walls need to be repainted after what I did to them yeah by cleaning them I kind of ripped off the paint
0: (laughs) in some spots not all of it
1: (laughs) and I can get rid of all these oil crosses and whatever else and I'll be gone for a few days but like on the third day it's like these things come back with a fucking vengeance
0: Hold on. There has been... Well, remember, I was able to get a hold of my uh, biological father's mother due to the fact she is a natural witch, too. And I asked her about it. Forget the freaking things she told me to use for it. To clean it. And I used uh, what she told me to do and... It stayed gone for, like, six months.
1: Not even. seven months. Not even. More like maybe two and a half months.
0: It's not like uh, either one of us can get up to the fucking ceiling where most of it is.
1: No, I'm talking... Well, it didn't last... It lasted for, like, maybe two and a half months, but... It's like, it'll be gone, but then it comes back with a vengeance. I mean, it's it's in our living room slash bedroom. Yeah. It's in the kitchen. Not near the stove, because I know what that's from... From that wall, it's all the oil that I've used and cooking spray that I've used to cook. Not only that, that person that, that, that person I know that's it's been person
0: that. that lived here before us, he was a fucking
1: real gook. Then it's in the hallway, then it's in our podcast studio, or I should say, my man cave of everything because <laughs> I have certain uh spots for different things, like one spot is. Our podcast studio. Yeah. Another spot is the creating of the websites and editing the podcast show and stuff for you guys. Then I have the computer side where I fix and try to maintain our computer systems and the podcast systems. Then I have another side where I repair things. Yeah. Try to make new things for, you know, whatever. And then I have another side which is a storage facility for, like, empty boxes of stuff that we get in through you yeah. know, UPS, DHL, FedEx, whoever. Mail. And then I just have one area where I have broken down two bicycles, which I can't get the money to fix, and vacuum cleaners and a carpet cleaner. That's all I have. <laughs> in this little room that's supposed to be the bedroom. So I have some areas in here that have that oil crap. And then in the bathroom, it, like, it bleeds through the walls. Yeah. You know, I have, like, an X over by the toilet. On let's see. I guess it would be the back
0: wall. Yeah.
1: Then, underneath a towel rack holder, I have my little towel there that I use to, when I clean up toilet and everything. I usually use that to wipe it down and dry it. It's like it runs down the wall and it looks like blood dripping. Yeah. And I was like, well that wasn't there before. It hasn't been there in the last five, six years that we've been here until just recently it shows up. I'm like, what
0: the fuck? Rob even has it. Our neighbor Rob has it too.
1: Yeah. Of course Uh, his
0: is actually more uh, Weird. More, no, I wouldn't say weird, that's more, a little bit, uh, worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, Um, granted this stuff is sticky, to the touch. Yeah. So I try to use this stuff called, uh, Mean Green. Yeah. It's supposed to, like, degrease everything. Anything that's sticky is supposed to wipe it away. Doesn't work. I've even come up with my own concoction called, This is Bullshit Concoction. And I try my best to use that to get rid of it Stay away, like I said, for a few days And it comes back with a fucking vengeance Well And I have a fucked up arm still And I and I use my fucked up arm For whatever muscle it has To really scrub the shit out of it Yeah And then I gotta suffer with the consequences
0: Not only here, so don't I Because of my lower back Having, uh, I got fu- back problems uh, too Dislocated disc on one side And a fucking slip disc in the other
1: I got back problems, too. I have, uh... Um, Yours was done sack by... sack uh, in the lower part. I have swollen discs right up my spine. So, yeah. Go figure this one.
0: Fucking, well... When, uh, Grandma gave both of us the instructions on how to do it. Basically, what had... What cleaning stuff had to get mixed... She also said for a straight week. We're supposed uh we're supposed to do uh you know witches cleansing.
1: That's on you, Dami.
0: In every fucking room. Which I've done. It's uh It stays gone once I do that, but if I get hit, say for like the flu or example, I've been running around with my head cut off um, I don't forget but Paramike, he's the type that he, he know he's been with me long enough to know when I'm that tired and he won't even let me do it nope I
1: have a legitimate reason to forget because of the tumor, so I have a legitimate reason for that. It's like I I plan something to do, like cleaning, but then when that time comes around, I forget that I planned it, and I don't ever remember writing it down. True. So that's kind of hard on me, but I have a legitimate reason for that. But let's get but back to the story here. Go ahead. Cats. Invisible cats cozying up on the couches. I wonder if these people had uh, allergic reactions to animals. Because it doesn't say that. That's one thing I want to know. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. The next one is the article cites a 2019 YouGov survey Uh that revealed 45% of U.S. adults believe in ghosts and a two thousand and nine Pew P E W. Yeah. Not
0: I know Pew. About, I know like how to we spell, spell
1: pew. it. <laughs> well, Pew is actually spelled P H E W. Like Pew That stinks. That
0: and you got the stupid but church the, benches called the Pews.
1: Yeah. But I think that's with two E's and a W, I think. I don't I'm think not so. sure. <laughs> But it says, Pew Research Center report that found 18% of Americans believe that they have seen or otherwise encountered one. Are you surprised by these results? What do you think they tell us about ghosts or humans? Mm. Kurt Gray, an Associated Professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill says in quarantine you are physically confined and also psychologically confined. No (laughs) shit, professor. Your world narrows. You're trapped at home you've needing human contact it's comforting to think that there's a supernatural agent here with you do you agree
0: Hmm.
1: why do you think there has been an increase of reports of haunted houses and other paranormal activity during this time of quarantine and social distancing. Huh, I don't know. Kind of nuts there.
0: All I know but is... But
1: I, I may end up highlighting this and putting on, on the website as a survey and have you guys answer them Uh, To our email accounts Then it goes Do you enjoy movies Television shows And books about Ghosts and the supernatural Of course Why or why not (laughs) Why do you think They are so popular
0: Well Recent uh, Movies that Did with like paranormal, haunted, hauntings, even demonic, is because Hollywood always amps it up with their shit to make it more horrifying or something, which, um, which, um, Zach Bagans has fucking proved from time and time again. Mm-hmm. Including John Zaphis. Yep. The godfather
1: of paranormal.
0: Nephew of the late, uh, Ed and Lorraine. Mm, Warren. That Hollywood does what they do for when it comes to horror on paranormal and shit like that. So they can get money in our asses. Of course. But... They only take specific uh, backgrounds of the premise of it. Then they add the little fucking, oh, let's add this, let's add that.
1: Or as we know. Huh? Or as we know. That too. Because I don't think that what, what I see is that I don't think they're trying to go fully into it. Because it might hurt other people's reputations for actually doing this in one, the paranormal yeah, field. one
0: example is fucking paranormal activity.
1: Yeah, that was a... There
0: story. was... The story for the first one, it was good. Due to the fact it mainly dealt around two fucking people. Uh, but... The effects... was a little... Uh...
1: Too CGI'd for me.
0: No, not just CGI, but it was more. It got a little bit ridiculous. Right. Um. And of course, they try. The creators of that tried to make it like it was a real life thing to happen. Another one, which I'm actually going to put. Which there's a few actually. Amityville. Amityville Horror. Right. Originally, when that shit came out, not the movie, but the stories of it, which we've heard um, the kid from it on Dave, Dave Schrader's uh, podcast and stuff. Right. He admitted the movie was int- majorly entirely on effects. Mm-hmm. Not really getting the fucking principle of it.
1: Or the but, actual happenings.
0: Exactly. Lorraine, uh, one of her interviews, which, you know, I had to kind of like depict in high school, that she said it was one of the uh, darkest places she's been in, simply because... Being a medium, you get hit with everything. Right. Uh, empaths like myself, and I mean real uh, extreme empaths. Once in a blue moon, or not blue moon, once in a while, they'll see they'll see an apparition. Right. Or um, or they get visions in their sleep, which happens to me all the time. Yep. But. If you're an empath, and this is what she taught me when I was a freaking teenager, you're hit with energy, whether it's the living and the dead.